0: Well, I want to welcome you to the second installment in our series. That we've entitled Prayer 30. It's kind of like the whole 30 where they tell you, give me, give us 30 days and we'll change your relationship with food. Well, if we spent 30 days developing our prayer life, I guarantee you it would change our relationship with God. And I think most of us want to get a lot better at prayer. And so that's the whole idea behind this series. How can we pray more effectively? So in addition to these messages, I want you to know they're a little Facebook messages, Instagram, on all our social media platforms, on our website. You'll find a little five-minute video every day where we're sharing with you just a, a concept about prayer that can help you pray more effectively for 30 days here. And so today we're going along with the same line here with the message. And we're answering the question today of why does prayer seem so boring? I get asked this question all the time. People go, I just think prayer is boring. And if you have your outline in front of you, you'll see a couple of points that I would answer that right away. Prayer may seem boring because we seldom pray. I mean, a lot of things seem boring if you don't do it. Like going to the art museum. Ah, the art museum is boring. Really? When's the last you went there? 2004. Okay, well, they've upgraded it since then. And a lot of things seem boring if we don't do them. James, by the way, we hit this last week, and I want to go back to this again. He says, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. James flatly told the Christians in the first century, hey, you don't pray nearly as much as you should. And we're guilty of that, just like they are. Jesus said, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. It was a picture of a farmer sowing seed. And some of the seed he sowed fell on ground where weeds came up and choked it out. And the same thing can happen in our prayer life. I want to pray, but my goodness, I've got all these different things coming my way. And then the night before he was crucified, Jesus was praying with his disciples in the garden. And they kept falling asleep and he came back to them and he said, keep watch and pray so you won't give in to temptation for the spirit is willing but the body is weak. Can we say that last sentence together, please? For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. I want to pray better, but I got all these things crowding out my time. I want to pray better. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Just like, man, I want to lose weight this year, but then there were free samples. Oh, (laughs) I was doing great till then. Because the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. There's a note in your outline here that reminds us, as with reading or singing, the only way to become better at praying is to actually pray. You want to get better at reading? Ah, reading is so boring. Have you read anything lately? Well, not since high school. Singing is so boring. Have you been singing? I can't sing. The best way to learn to sing better is to sing. Best way to grow in prayer is to actually pray, and so today, I'm going to be sharing with you ten simple pointers that'll help us pray better. My contention is is that sometimes we give up on things and we say they're boring because we haven't actually tried them in a while. Our spirit was willing; we tried once, and ah, uh, today I want to give you encouragement to try again. Try again. Prayer will change your life. I hope you heard that there when Jesus said, "Hey, the weeds choked it out and they never grew into maturity." If you could underline that word maturity, that is so important. A big part of a mature Christian's life is prayer. And if you and I want to attain all that God has for us in this world, then we need to learn to pray better. I want to pray better. You do too. And there's some things we can do about it. We're going to talk about them today. Point B, prayer may seem boring for another reason here, and it's because we don't know how to pray. It's not just that we don't pray very much. Even when we try, we don't know what we're doing. And it seems boring. I mean, sometimes that could happen if somebody goes to a NASCAR race, they go, well, they're just driving around a circle turning left for four hours. I mean, How exciting is that? That's boring. And then you find out if somebody explains to you, oh, no, 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 no. Let me explain to you what they're doing with drafting and teams and positions and how they take all these pit stops and how their machine is running and all these rules and regulations and points and stuff. And you start going, oh, wait a minute. This is sophisticated here. And all of a sudden, it becomes a lot more interesting because the decisions they make in the first 10 laps are going to impact the last 10 laps. Uh Oh. You didn't know. So it seemed boring. So today, we're going to do similar to what the disciples did. Luke 11, 1, once when Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John the Baptist taught his disciples. So today we're going to look at some teachings of Jesus and Paul and a few others in Scripture on some things you and I can do to enhance our prayer life and keep it from becoming boring. Sound interesting? Good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. And, Lord, I want my prayer life to be good. I want to pray effectively. I want to mature. I want every single plan you have for my life to come to fruition. I want to know the things I need to change. I want to know the things I need to start doing. I want to know the things I need to stop doing. I want to know where you want me to go. Lord, I want your best. And I can't do that if I don't pray. So, Lord God, today I want you to speak and move me out of the way. If you need to remind me of something and remind me, if I need to learn something new, please show me. My heart is open. Speak to me. Pray these things in the name of Jesus. Move me out of the way, Lord, and say whatever you want said to us today. Amen. So inside your um, outline here, if you open it up or if you're following along the app, here are ten things we can do to make our prayers more interesting and effective. First of all, we can schedule a time and a place to pray where we can be quiet and still. Quiet and still. Hmm. Jesus told his disciples, when you, go away by your, when you go pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father who's in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you, quiet and still. We live in a day of multitasking. And all too often, our phones are chirping at us, or the radio's on, or the television's on, or well, I'll pray while I'm mowing grass. I'll pray while I'm cleaning the house. I'll pray while I'm doing this. Well, I'm driving. Well, certainly you can pray during those times, but is that optimum? No. It's like having a conversation with anybody else. Can you imagine having a conversation with somebody else while you're mowing the grass? Hey, how you doing? What? I mean, you wouldn't even think of it. Or if you're having a conversation while you're driving, which we do a lot, you know, at certain times something will happen and it's like, whoa, and now you don't remember the conversation was. What if we were just quiet and still? And what if we scheduled a time and a place for that? Hmm. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Could we read that verse together, please? Be still and know that I am God. We need to remind ourselves that God is in heaven. That God is on earth. That God is all-powerful and all-knowing. And there are times when we are so wrapped up in the affairs of everyday life and everything is spinning so fast and we are all wrapped around the axle we can't even concentrate. And just to stop and be still in the presence of the Lord. You can also write in the margin Psalm 37 7, it says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. But what's required is to be still is a direct statement that I'm not going to let the busyness of the day crowd out my relationship with the Lord. And think how powerful that is all by itself. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. This is an Old Testament verse as well, Isaiah 30, 15. Only in returning to me and resting in me Will you be saved in quietness and confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. Isaiah, the prophet, is speaking to Hezekiah, the king, who has determined that he's not going to pray to God, He's going to go get help from the Egyptians, because the Assyrians were coming down from the north, the Egyptians were in the south. He sent all kinds of money and envoys to see if he could get a military alliance with the Egyptians, And the Lord never wanted him to make an, an alliance with the Egyptians. And so the Lord sent the prophet to him, why are you doing this? Why don't you call on me? I'm your defender. You're going to send to Egypt for swift horses. Well, the only thing that's going to be fast is how fast you run away from your enemies now because you're depending on them and they're not trustworthy. Why won't you sit still and trust me? Do you know that people who pray are people of faith? People who pray are people of faith. But John, I don't have time to sit still. That's the whole point. If God is the one who is guiding our lives, we have all the time in the world because whatever minutes we do spend will be spent better. But I got to be still for that to happen. I got to close the door, put down the phone and spend time with him. Second thing we can do is we can be authentic. If I want my prayers to be more interesting and effective, then if I spend five minutes or ten minutes, I'll get more out of it if I close the door and I'm quiet, also if I speak authentically. A little more from Matthew 6, Jesus teaching his disciples. Now when you pray, don't babble on and on as people in other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. And then he said, pray like this, and after that comes the Lord's prayer. And ironically, still today, many times we just repeat the Lord's Prayer again and again. This guy I played basketball with, he always wanted to pray the Lord's Prayer before every basketball game. And somebody finally asked him, well, Why do we do that all the time? And he said, Well, it brings you luck. And they said, Well, why don't we rather play that we'll play well? Oh, yeah, we could do that too. That's what speaking authentically is. Our Father. In Romans 8, the apostle Paul says we can appeal to God as Abba Father, as Dad. Well, Jesus said, look, when you talk to God, talk to him the way you would to your earthly father. you would close the door and say, Dad, I have something important to talk to you about. Now, would it be wrong to remind me if one of my said, hey, Dad, a while back you said this and that's why I'm coming to you? Well, no, that's not wrong. But just to repeat things over and over again, I'd go, what are you doing? Why don't you just talk to me? Be authentic. God is listening, and he has graciously granted us time to be with him. Thirdly, we can praise God. We can worship him. I mean, this is so important because it reminds us again that we are in the presence of someone who is ultimately superior to us in every single way. And He is stronger than any enemy we will ever face. He is smarter than any puzzle that comes our way. There's no mystery that is in any way baffling to Him. There's no single problem that we will ever come in contact with that He can't show us the way through or how to handle it. And so we praise Him. We say, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your name be set apart and honored like no other name. Hmm. Psalm 86 With all my heart I will praise you O Lord my God I'll give glory to your name forever for your love for me is very great and you have rescued me from the depths from the depths of death When we praise God we are ascribing to him everything that he is due and it's so interesting because the angels in heaven are doing this In fact and when John was given a glimpse of heaven In Revelation 4, he said there were creatures that surrounded the the throne of heaven. And he said, day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is worthy of all the praise we can give him. Our hearts were designed for this. And when we give him the glory that he is due, it gets us the right perspective on everything. I mean, when we spend time with him in quietness and stillness, and we speak to him honestly and openly, and we give him all the glory that's due, our prayers are never boring. I mean, they're going to be amazing. And this is what God wants for us because now all of a sudden my perspective changes, I come in here with my problems this big and now when I'm standing in the presence of Almighty God, my problems are rightly understood. That's why we sing here on Sunday mornings because hopefully these songs will help you have words They'll give you a way to articulate praises that you could never do on your own. And I love it, the songs we sing here, I go down, probably like you do, I go back home and I download these uh, songs to my Spotify account. And then if I go for a walk, I'm playing them as I walk. And then I'll realize I'm singing along and it sounds horrible outside the phones. Anyway, that's a different issue. Fourthly, we can surrender we can surrender. I mean, think of this. These are different movements in prayer, if you will. Because this goes back to babbling on and on and on again. If, if This is why I wanted you to understand there's, these are 10 different movements. There could be 20 as far as that goes. But these are 10 different ways we can pray and things we can focus on as we pray that will help us get out of the rut. Because otherwise, we're just praying it over and over again. I've literally had people come to me and they said, I can't spend five minutes in prayer I mean, what do you want me to do? I need a car. So I'm supposed to go. God, I need a car. 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 I'm supposed to keep that up for five minutes. That's what you're telling me to do. And I'll go, and they'll go. Well, isn't that what you're asking? I'll go. Well, no. I mean, they sincerely think that's what I mean. I mean, no one's ever taught them how to pray. Well, part of prayer is surrender. Jesus was teaching his disciples this with the Lord's Prayer. It was a model prayer. Pray like this, Father, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, that's, an, that's a prayer of surrender. The kingdom of God is where he's king and I serve him. May your will be done in my life. May your will be done in my life today. Could we say that sentence together? May your will be done in my life today. Think how that would resonate throughout the day if we really meant that. Because God's will is to forgive. God's will is to trust him when it seems better to panic. Everybody else around us is panicking. Man, this is life-changing stuff. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. That's Jesus the night before he was crucified. A prayer of surrender. What would I surrender? My past, my future, my worries, my fears, my time management or lack thereof. My kids, my parents, my husband, my wife, and I'm going to surrender it to you because you're almighty and I'm not. And what if then we were just still for a minute and said, God, I really want to surrender. You see how this is all fitting together. Point five. Point five. We can ask God to provide what we need. I mean, it's not wrong to ask God for what we need. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Now, it's interesting that he chooses that phrase because it's what we need. I mean, Jesus even said, close the door, talk to your Father, be authentic with him. Because he already knows what you need before you ask. And people ask me a lot of time, well, if he knows what I need before I, we ask, before I ask, why do I need to ask? Because we're praying for what we need, not just what we want. And that's why it's so important to come to him. Because I'm good at expressing what I want, but the reason I need to sit still and wait patiently for him to act is, he's going to give me what I need. And sometimes I'm praying for something and what I need is patience. I'm praying for something, and what I need is experience. That's what I need. I mean, we know this even when you bring on a new employee, they're green. They've never done this before. And so you give them some projects, and even if they stumble through some stuff, they're learning. They're cutting their teeth. It'll be all right. Just need some experience. So we train them. So what we do with our kids. And our Heavenly Father doesn't know that. Well, of course he does. Proverbs 30 kind of gives us a glimpse behind the scenes here. Lord, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Lord, just give me my daily bread. And we don't pray that most of the time. Lord, I don't, don't give me my daily bread. Lord, give me lots of bread. Back up the bread truck. I want to win the lottery. And we do. We pray like that. And that's not what we need because if God gave us all that, well, then we'd stack it up and we'd say, who is the Lord? I don't need God. I got plenty of bread. And the Lord knows this. And that's why Jesus says, now, when you pray, pray like this. Give us our daily bread, what I need. Number six, we can pray by confessing and forgiving. When you pray, pray like this, our Father, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. It's so important in our relationship with God, that we recognize God is constantly maturing us and growing us. And that's why prayer is so important in these dialogues and conversations we have with God as we confess our wrong thing. Confess means to agree with, that he's right and we're wrong. Remember that we started with worship. He's all-knowing. We're not. He's perfect. We're not. He's always right in his motives. We're not. And so there will be things that he shows us and we realize, oh, God, I did it again. God, I was completely wrong." Well, then confess that. Agree with him. Because when I do that, not only will I have a greater understanding of what he is doing in my life and embrace my relationship that he's working in me, but I'm also going to be able to forgive others then who are struggling with the same thing because I'll go, oh, and this is God's heart. Two scriptures back to back, Psalm 32 and then Ephesians 4.32. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long, day and night. Your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And finally, I confessed all my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, Self, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. It's the whole thing again of when I come and I, and I realize God has been patient with me, God, will you, will you help me be patient with the people that have sinned against me? Oh, this is what God wants. This is the heart of God himself. I want a relationship with you. Talk to me. Close the door. Surrender your pride. Surrender your sin. Surrender your guilt and shame. Come to me. And understand that I love you. That's why I sent my son to die on the cross for you. I pass that forgiveness on to others. This is what love is all about. That is never boring, painful. Oh, yeah, never boring. Hmm. Number seven. We can ask God to protect and rescue us from the devil. Lord, teach us to pray. All right. We'll pray like this. Our Father, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's exactly what it means. There is a devil. And Peter said he's like a roaring lion running around looking for souls to devour. Paul said he is like an angel of light who is so deceptive that we might fall for his schemes at any moment if we're not on our guard. Jesus said that the devil's native tongue is lying. He's extremely clever. He's a deceiver and he's relentless. And so we ought to pray about this every day. Lord, open my eyes to temptations and snares. Lord, Lord, Protect me from the evil one and rescue me from stuff that I've stepped in in the past. Ephesians 6. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy. He's speaking of the devil here in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for believers everywhere. Man, we should do this every day. Lord, I'm going to work today. Is there any area in my life that I have surrendered over to the devil and allowed him to run, allowed him to just create havoc in my life? Paul says, if I go to bed angry, that that gives the devil a foothold in my life. And now he can mess with my marriage or he can mess with my boss or he can mess with all these things because I gave him that opening. And think if we prayed every day, Lord, Have I allowed the devil to get a foothold in my life? Would you open my eyes to these things? Would you lead me far from temptation? Would you protect me from his schemes? It's effective praying. Life-changing stuff. Number eight, we can give God thanks. I mean, these are all different movements within whatever time we choose to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now notice it says be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. But no matter what circumstances I'm going through, I can always give thanks to God. What? You mean when I'm going through a hard time financially, when I'm going through an illness, I can still give thanks to God? Well, of course we can. For what? For loving us enough to send his son to die on the cross for us? That has nothing to do with my circumstances. That's already been accomplished. Can I get an amen on that? I can give thanks in all circumstances that God loves me and he forgave me, that his love for me is outrageous. It's amazing. I can give thanks for my wife. I can give thanks for my kids. I can give thanks for my job. I can give thanks for uh, the opportunities that are yet to come and how God has blessed me in the past. I can thank God for my neighbors. I can thank God for the clothes on my back, for the food in my belly, for the shoes on my feet, for the roof over my head. I can keep going. And so can you. And when we thank him, just like with worship, it changes our perspective. And so what if we spent time just thanking him in all circumstances, every day? Number nine, we can pray for others, not just ourselves. I'm good at praying for my needs. I am acutely aware of what I want. How about you? Man, I'm a great student of myself. But I'm not so great about praying for others. Paul to Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, I urge you, first of all, pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all are in authority so we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. He wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Not just me. It is important that I pray for others. Well, John, I can't pray for everybody I know every day. That's not what it's saying. But think about this again. If I close the door and I'm silent and I'm gonna pray for others, what if I told the Lord, Lord, who do I need to pray for today? And I just sat still for a little bit. All of a sudden I remember, well, that guy I work with, his daughter's having chemotherapy. And those neighbors down the street are moving and some other family's moving in. And we have a new staff member at the church. And I want to pray for my kids because one of them is making a career decision. Father, these are some needs. I've just watched the news and I want to pray because there are some things that really upset me. Man, our Father loves it when we pray that way. It's never boring. But it means we have to focus on this and do this. Finally, a tenth thing, we can talk to God about what he showed us in our Bible reading. You know, this is why we have Bible reading plans. We want you to do this. Well, read the Bible reading plan and then mark one or two things that jump out of you, whatever jump out at you that day, and talk to the Lord about those things. Jesus said this also, the night, prayed this also the night before he was crucified. Make them holy by your truth. He's saying, Father, make them holy by your truth. He's praying for his disciples here. Teach them your word, which is truth. John 17, 17. And Paul unpacks that for us a little bit more in 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what's true and make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. Now God uses it to prepare and equip his people. Do every good work. So what God wants me to do is read his word, apply it to my life, and then talk to him about it. My Bible reading isn't separate from my prayer time. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I want to sit still and be quiet. It's why Christians often call it a quiet time. So I can allow God to speak to me and his truth can percolate through my brain. We're going to spend just a minute or two praying right now. So I want you to place your notes down. And we're going to pray right now about these things. But I want you to understand, people ask me, well, so if I'm going to do this, do I have to pray these 10 things in order? No. You can pick whichever one you want to start with. You can start with number five. You can go from 10 to 1. You can do the last half first. And for some of you who are orderly people, I just messed up your whole day. I'm terribly sorry. But you can pick three of these. You can lead with them. Think about it this way. When my wife and I sit down and have a conversation, if I have really offended her, it would be good if I led with a confession part first. Agreed? And sometimes my conscience is sore. Well, then why don't you lead with that? But then worship him as being a forgiving God right after that. Sometimes I have a pressing need and that's all I can think about. We'll talk about that first. But then don't forgive don't forget to do the thankfulness part for all the things he's already done. I mean, we can mix and match. And by the way, if you did all 10 of these things and spent one minute on each, it would take you at least 10 minutes to get through this. I just want to spend a couple of minutes right now. I'm going to hit on most of them in a simple prayer. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, today, I just want to remind us how much you desire to spend time with us. And how important this is for us to grow and mature and become all that you want us to be. And so, Father, the first thing I want to pray about, Lord, is that you would remind us to set aside a time and a place each and every day where we can spend a few minutes with you in silence, just being still. God, our world says we have to stay busy, we have to be producing, we have to get things done now. And gracious God, I pray that we will carve out time to just sit at your feet and listen. I pray, oh God, that you'd remind us to worship you and you'd remind us of your majesty and your splendor and your power and that along with the angels in heaven, we could say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and you would fill our souls with joy as we shout out your praises. Father, I pray that we would always keep a short account with you. And when you show us that we've got a bad attitude or we said things we shouldn't say, we not only would make it right with you, we'd make it right with others. And then we'd forgive others when they do the same thing to us. Conform us to the image of Jesus who prayed on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We want to be like Jesus, Lord. God, remind me to pray for others and not just myself. Remind me to pray for our leaders when they make me angry. Remind me to pray for our leaders when they're in a difficult place of decision-making. Remind me to pray for others when I see needs right in front of me. Remind me to pray. Father, remind me to surrender. I want your will to be done in my life. Lord, I want what I need. Give me what I need, because you know what I need better than I do. And you know what's best for me more than I will ever understand. I trust you. Father, I want every single thing that you want to accomplish in my life to be accomplished. And Lord, I pray that you will give me strength and the grace to pray to you every single day. My spirit is willing, Lord, but you know how weak my flesh is. And God, you've got to help me with this. I need your help. Please help me, Lord. Teach me to pray. And finally, Lord, remind me to always give thanks. I thank you for the food in my belly. I thank you for the clothes on my back. I thank you for my wife and my kids and my family. I thank you for my house and my car and my job. God, I thank you for how many blessings you've given me. And I thank you that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that they are forgiven. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who empowers me to desire what's right and to do what's right. And I thank you that I will soon be in heaven with you forever. Thank you. Oh, God, let me pray like this every day. God, give me a hunger and a thirst for time with you. Help me grow up to maturity. Lord, I want to be like Jesus. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Christ our Lord. Amen.